Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. Hey friends, welcome back. We are being joined today by Galen Mooney. She is an online educator and SEO strategist who helps creative business owners like you attract their ideal clients online. I'm really excited to talk to her because she loves to simplify the technical side of SEO. And I think we all need a little bit of that. I know in the past when I've had more tech centered episodes, I've been very transparent about the fact that like I literally just bootstrap that tech stuff. I am not super techie. I'm not super tech savvy. Like I can make things work, but I'm so excited to chat all about the importance of SEO and like how to actually tackle boosting that SEO and how you can actually use it to grow your audience and reach more of the clients that you love working with. So let's welcome the amazing Galen onto the show. Galen, I'd love to have you like tell us a little bit about how you decided or how you got into SEO, how you got into that strategy side of it and um, how you decided to like take that on as your job and as, you know, as an educator. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I got started with SEO. I was actually a senior in college and I was majoring in entrepreneurship and I was applying to jobs and I really wanted to have a job. By the time I graduated college, I applied for like hundreds of jobs all over the country. And I applied for one job as an SEO strategist. But the problem was at that point, I knew nothing about SEO. I like was literally Googling how, like what SEO was, how it worked. I had a little bit of a techie background at that point, but not nearly, there was no class on SEO at that point. You couldn't go to school for SEO or learn anything about it. So I studied as much as I could before that interview. I was reading books and watching videos and just trying to piece it together. And I ended up getting the job after three interviews, which I was so, so excited about. Um, And I ended up moving across the country to the other side of the country to start this job where I was working with larger corporations and doing social media marketing and SEO and things like that. Um, And that's really where I got my start in SEO and sort of what piqued my interest into everything. But about a year and a half into that job, I realized that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just, the voices were calling me. I knew that's what I wanted to do. As a little kid, I was always like coming up with business ideas and I wanted to quit before I got a raise at that job because I knew once I got a raise, it would be much harder to leave. So it was like right at that annual review point that I was like, okay, I need an out plan. I need a game plan. What am I going to do? I had a little bit of savings and I ended up quitting that job. And I love my boss, but I just, I knew I didn't want to do his job. He was great and the company was great, but I didn't want to do his job. So I left, moved back across the country, moved into kind of a dumpy apartment in a small town in Vermont where I'm from and started my business there. I started doing web design and photography for creative business owners. And after doing that for a while, I started to realize there was this massive need for search engine optimization among creative business owners because I would set things up for them. I would give them sort of like a good foundation to work off of. They had no idea how to take things from there, what those next steps would be and and what they needed to do to keep improving their rankings in Google and to keep tracking things and make sure they were doing things right. And so after doing that for a while, I I switched into the education side of things. I still do client work. I still do web design, um, but I became really passionate about sharing what I had learned about SEO and specifically how that applies to creative business owners. 
I love that. I feel like there's just so many parts of listening to that journey that can resonate with people who are listening, like just trying to find their way. And I think it's so encouraging to know that like, it's okay if you don't know everything when you're first like searching for what you're going to end up being amazing at or great at or gifted at. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that with us. I would love to hear like, why is SEO so important? Like, why is this something that creatives and entrepreneurs should be even spending their time thinking about? Because I feel like there are like a couple different schools of thought on this. And I've, I've seen some be like, oh, it's so, so important because X, Y, Z. And then some people be like, eh, it's not that important. Like word of mouth is better than anything ever. And like referrals are everything. Like I know I built my photography business primarily based on referrals, but you know, as I enter into the world of like digital products and, and, you know, more passive income, which I just like hate that word. Cause I feel like, no, it's never going to be really passive. Right. But anyway, like as I navigate those waters, I'm like, oh, I'm clearly seeing like why SEO is important. So I'd love for you to share like your insights on that. Sure. So if you are a business owner and you have a website, your website should be your number one salesperson out there. Your website is there around the clock. And unlike social media, unlike something like Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest, you own your website. Instagram algorithm could change tomorrow. Facebook could get rid of business pages tomorrow. And it's not saying that they're going to do that. And I never recommend people put their eggs in one basket. So you definitely should rely on word of mouth. You should have social media. You should have your brand on different platforms. But SEO is, again, something where you have control over it. You have control over your website. You have control over bringing people to your website. And if you have a website out there, you are ranking in search engines, whether you want to or not, for the most part. And you might as well do everything that you can to help your website rank better because you can really target your ideal clients with different keywords. You can find the exact type of people that you want to work with and you find them when they are in that buying mindset. Somebody who finds you on Instagram, if you're a photographer or any type of creative business owner, they may or may not be looking for somebody who does your service at that exact moment. But if somebody in Google is typing in that they are, you know, getting married in next next June and they need a photographer for that wedding, they are, they're actively looking for the type of person who does what you do. So your website just needs to be there. It needs to be visible and it needs to not only show up in Google, but your website also needs to convert those visitors into clients by leading people through your website and giving them a good idea of who you are, what you do, and helping to nurture those leads and get them to fill out that contact form. Yeah, definitely. I can totally see the value in that. And I I agree. I mean, even though, yeah, like Facebook and Instagram will, will likely not disappear anytime. I mean, just kind of like on the flip end, like putting all of your eggs into that like social basket is not the best idea because of, you know, it's just unpredictable. You have no real control over it. So I love that. And I like, I like thinking about it, like whether you want to be or not, you're being ranked like on Google and on, on these platforms. So it's like important that you actually pay attention to it. So I'd love to kind of like talk through if you have like a few action steps, maybe like three to five first steps that people can take in order to like optimize their SEO or like even like where, where would somebody start in this journey? Yeah. So if you are just getting started and you haven't really paid attention to SEO at all in the past, and you're not sure how to get your website to rank better in Google, I would say the first place to look is your homepage. So 
what's going to be important for Google, what's going to be important to rank well in Google should also be really good for your ideal clients. It should also be good for ideal clients. So we're looking at it twofold. What's going to be good for SEO and also what's going to help convert those leads into, um, into paying clients and customers. So we're looking at your homepage. The number one thing is we need to have written content on your homepage. I see so many websites with photos only or just really short homepages or homepages that just don't really tell me anything about your business, your brand. I need to know as your potential client, I need to know in the first two seconds when I land on your site, if you are the type of business that I'm looking for and if you're a good fit for, for whatever it is that I need and I'm looking for in a service. So I need to know, I always think of it like the three W's, the who you are, so what's your brand, um, what you do, and where you do it. If you're a local business owner, that last one is really important. But having those three things front and center on your homepage in written text is not only going to help to tell Google what your site is all about, it's also going to be helpful to potential clients who maybe, if it was a word of mouth referral and they end up on your site or somebody did share your link somewhere, they are clicking in from somewhere else on your site, they're going to know right away that they're in the right place. And that's going to keep them from hitting that back button. And every time somebody hits that back button and says, actually, I'm going to go back back to Google to see what other results they are, that is actually a, um, that can actually dock your ranking. So Google pays attention to how quickly somebody returns back to the results after landing on your site. And if they are hitting that back button, that's telling Google, like, maybe this site wasn't super relevant for those keywords. So it's really important to make people feel at home when they land on your site. And then just having content in general. I like to say that you should have at least 500 words per page on your website or per page that you want to rank. You don't necessarily need all pages to be full of keywords and be super focused and targeted. But for the pages that you want to rank, like your homepage, that's a big one, right? For your homepage, you want to make sure that you have at least 500 words. The more, the better. Uh, but that should be really nicely integrated with images and visuals. The two need to work together. I don't want to see like a giant block of text on your page, for example. Being able to marry the visuals and the text together, that's going to really help you impress Google, then also keep people on that page longer, which again is that indicator that people aren't hitting that back button. So that's the first thing that I would say. I think that just being able to focus on those three W's, I think is a really good place for people to start. And I really want to harp on the where you located because so many people leave that out. And I mean, I guess for me, I'm like, I think about my own business and I'm like, a lot of what I do is virtual or digital. So like, does it truly matter? And I'm like, yeah, it kind of actually does because a lot of times somebody will want to meet in person or, um, on the flip side, I work with a lot of my students who are photographers and they're like, I don't understand why, like a lot of these aren't converting. And I'm like, well, if they don't know where you are or if they think you're one place and then they inquire, but they're somewhere completely different, which I see happen more often than, than probably should be happening. Like it's, it's kind of one of those common sense things that you're like, Oh, I guess I do need to put my, my location. Even if you're, even if you want to be like, for example, photographers, like if you want to be a traveling photographer, you should still have like your base listed. Right. So I yeah, appreciate and that. multiple versions of the same location too. Some people, for example, I used to live in Boston for a while and they will say, okay, I'm a Boston wedding photographer, but that's extremely competitive. Any service provider in Boston, that's extremely competitive, but there's tons of neighborhoods, there's tons of suburbs, there's tons of sub locations inside of that area that you should also be targeting, not just the one main primary location. You can include those other locations too. Oh, that's a great tip. Something that you mentioned about like Google tracking, like 
you know, the backs and like docking you and like your rankings. This is probably such a dumb question, but whatever. We're on So Here's the Thing and I I don't even care. <laughs> I'm just like completely open about um, my ignorance in this, but like, how do you find your rank? Like how does somebody find out where they're ranked in Google? Yeah. So this is actually one of the biggest misconceptions. People will say, I want to be page one on Google. That's my goal. But no one, most people, when they say that don't actually say for what keywords, because you could actually be on page one already for tons of keywords that you might not even know, but you're going after that one, maybe super competitive keyword. When in reality, there are hundreds and hundreds of other keywords that that are called longer tail keywords, which is like multi-word keywords that are more specific, less competitive, but they're actually more targeted. So you're more likely to bring in your ideal clients through those keywords. This is actually going to be the second thing that I recommend people do when they're just starting out, but that is connecting the there's three big Google Google tools, free Google tools that you can be using. The first one is Google Analytics, which I would say most people set up and then either never look at again or aren't really sure what they're looking at when they dive in there. But Google is a great way. Google Analytics is a great way to be able to tell how website traffic, how those visitors are interacting with your site, where they're coming from, what they're doing when they get there. And the other really big one specific for search is the Google Search Console, which is under Google Webmaster Tools, another free tool And you can actually connect Google Webmaster Tools with Google Analytics. So then you can see what keywords people are using to find you and then what they're doing once they come to your site from that, which is so, so cool because you're actually able to use certain tracking in Google Analytics to see how many people are not only coming to your website from Instagram, coming to your website from Google or wherever else, but how many of those visitors are actually converting by filling out your contact form. Because traffic isn't everything. We don't just want more traffic and visitors to our site. We want more of the right content kind of traffic and the right kind of traffic is more likely to be the person who's going to fill out our contact form and ask to work with us. Oh, I love that. And I'm so glad that it kind of like ties in with your, with your second tip. The third thing that I would mention is to really utilize your blog and to focus on blogging. So if you're not blogging, you have the main three to five pages on your website, whatever those pages are. And those are going to be great for SEO, but those can only target so many specific keywords. With blogging, you can really take that to a whole new level and start to target other, what I like to call complementary or supporting keywords. So one thing that I was uh, using as an example the other day, which I think is a really good one, say you are a wedding event planner. You're an event planner. That's what you do for work. You're trying to attract more brides who are in the very early planning phase um, for their wedding. And you might think, okay, I'm going to blog about past weddings I've worked on, past events that I've worked on. That's great. That can be really helpful. But I'd like you to really take that next step and think about who your ideal client is, who's the person that you want to work with, what else are they struggling with other than looking for somebody who does what you do? What else are they struggling with in the moment that you can help them with? So for example, maybe there's something like a day of wedding event checklist that you could give them, some sort of resource, or maybe just a blog post about wedding vendors, other wedding vendors in your area, or resources for new brides in your area. So those might not have to do directly with your business. They're not an exact fit for what you do, but you're providing resources, you're providing more information for your ideal client and that's going to pull them in. And then once you're on your website, they're going to say, oh, hey, this is an event planner's website in my area. I found this really helpful. I really identified 
and I really related to this content that they shared, I might pin it to Pinterest. I might save it to my bookmarks, reference it later. And now your business and your brand is going to stay top of mind. That is so helpful. I I do have like kind of a follow-up question to that. So let's say you're a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Like you could be, um, I'm trying to think of one of my students or something. You could have, you could be like an artist, right? So let's say you're an artist and you blog and you share about um, your process or your final product that you've created, but you also are a course creator who helps other artists. Like and so you want to share content that's relevant to that. Would you advise having like two separate places for that or building up SEO and just like putting it all under one blog? That's a great question. So the way I like to think about this question, because I get this a lot too with all sorts of businesses, is is the audience the same or is there overlap in the audience? If you have two different businesses, but there's a pretty strong overlap in the audience where maybe you could take somebody who you know wants to work with you in one capacity and they also might be interested at a later point at working with you in another related capacity, um, if that's the case, then it does make sense to keep them on the same domain. Then you're only working hard to build up one website. Then those blogs could kind of have dual purpose and you're not trying to create you know, two, two sites worth of content. Cause it can be a lot of work too. But if you have, if you have two different audiences and those products or those services that you're offering are very targeted to each one of those audiences, if that's the case, then it, you would probably want to have two different sites, two different brands. And you could link back and forth wherever it makes sense. If you have related blog content or things like that, but you probably want to keep them separate if the audiences are very separate. Yeah. I feel like that's such a huge struggle that so many people have. Um, even my, I can like using myself as an example, literally yesterday, I divided my Instagram into two different Instagram accounts because my audience is so like clearly divided in that respect. Um, I like photograph high school seniors and I provide education for creative entrepreneurs. And there is literally no connection there unless like that senior grows up and becomes a creative entrepreneur. There's a very little crossover other than the fact that they might like love keeping up with me as a person. So after like, you know, overthinking it for like a billion years, I finally did that. But I do think that that's kind of like a really hard step for people when it comes to like their full website or their full blog and like, coming up with all, like you said, all that content for two different places. So, um, I, I really appreciate that insight too. Um, is there any other like first steps that people should be taking? Like what's something that people can like turn this episode off and immediately go and do that might not be like a crazy time commitment, but that they can do to kind of just like boost their SEO a little bit. Yeah, I would say to go, um, this is actually something that's newer and by newer, the SEO world moves pretty slowly. So it's probably newer in the last like year or two, but SEO um, or Google is starting to switch to, or they pretty much have switched at this point to what's called mobile first indexing. And that means that they're actually looking at the mobile version of your site for SEO purposes first, before they look at the desktop version of your site. So the mobile version is becoming the primary version of your website. So if you um, haven't looked at your mobile site in a while, or maybe you haven't opened it up on your phone just to check to make sure everything looks good, I would do that. I would open your site on your phone. Just make sure all the text is legible. Make sure all the buttons are clickable. The navigation works. Because again, 
if your site is not loading properly on mobile or if it's hard to click buttons, Google can actually tell that now. They're actually looking at your site to make sure that it's going to be really user friendly on a mobile device. So use yourself as a test, send it to a friend who has a different type of phone as you, let them check it out too. And just make sure that your site is loading well on mobile. It's loading quickly, whether you're on Wi-Fi, whether you're on data. So just check, test it yourself, check it out. I mean, it takes a couple minutes to do, but you might find some red flags there. You might find some things that aren't working like you thought they were. And this is a great chance to fix those or just to tidy things up. I love that action step. I think that's really easy and something simple for people to do, but I will also give like a huge shout out to, um, show it who is, that's the website platform that I use because so many of the coaching, uh, coaching clients and students that I work with have, um, they use different like web platforms and they struggle so much to like create their mobile site to match their desktop site. And it's like so hard for them. And as soon as they switch over to show it, this is not sponsored by show it, by the way. Um, I just love them, but it, it's just so much easier to like make both websites really, um, clean and nice and easy and user-friendly and all the things, um, that Google probably likes. So if anybody is out there listening and they're like, I literally have no idea how to like make my website look good mobile, check out, show it. They're amazing. Um, okay. Moving on. I would love to know your unpopular opinions about SEO. Ooh, this is a good one. So I would say my unpopular opinion and maybe what I do differently from a lot of other SEO experts out there is I don't believe that you have to be tech savvy or that you have to put a ton of time into this to be super successful. I think a lot of people are like, you know, here's your giant SEO checklist. You have to do all the things. If you're not constantly blogging, if you're not constantly putting content out there, you're not going to be successful. Um, and while you might be more successful if you do some of those things in general, I believe as a small business owner, as as a creative business owner, just by taking a few small steps, you can see a ton of results for your business. So really take the pressure off yourself. Done is better than perfect. Put the work in to whatever feels good for you, whatever feels right for you. And you're going to start to see results from that. Oh, I love that. How encouraging. Like I feel encouraged just by hearing that. So I appreciate <laughs> that's like the happiest unpopular opinion ever. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, this was so great. I feel like we just like, you like rapid fired all these awesome action steps and all this great content. Um, I'm so excited about it. Where can our listeners like connect with you and find you if they have like follow-up or they want to like work with you on SEO, where can people connect with you? Yeah. So over at localcreative.co, that's our website. We have a free SEO checklist that you can download. Super simple, just sort of to walk you through the step-by-step -step process of what you should do on each and every page of your website to help it rank better in Google. And then we're also over on Instagram at localcreative.co. So feel free to come say hi, um, tag us in a story. If you're listening to this episode, um, tag us on Instagram and yeah, we'll say hi there. I love that. And we will make sure to link all of your awesome resources in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. I just, I loved this conversation. I think it's going to be so helpful to so many people. I had so much fun being here. Thank you for having me. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review in iTunes. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you in the next episode.